I'd like to acknowledge my sources. And uh, there are some of you here who've, who've heard what I'm going to say because you're in my life group. Um, passed this through my life group to see if they thought it was uh, the right thing to say and to add their own words to it. Um, so this is, in a sense, a joint effort. The, the concept of, of Yahweh as the king comes out of the Old Testament. Let the people of Zion rejoice in their king. And there are similar things in the Psalms and uh, in various other parts of the, of, of, the New, of the Old Testament where the king is seen seated on a throne. And the word king and the word throne are frequent words in the Old Testament. So the idea of the kingdom of God doesn't just occur when, when Jesus arrives. Um, indeed, the, the kings of Israel and Judah, read about, were supposed to reflect God to their people. Matt talked to us a, a, a few weeks ago about the characteristics of the kingdom, justice and righteousness. And that's what the kings were supposed to guarantee. And every new king, there was an expectation, is, is this the one who's going to, to be used by God to establish this throne of, of justice and righteousness? And of course, everyone was a disappointment and everyone was a failure. And so they grew up this idea that God was going to send the ultimate king. He was in the future. The kingship became tied up with the idea of the Messiah, of the priest whom God would send, because the priests too were meant to reflect God and were failures. But the idea was there and it was strong. One day, God, Yahweh, would establish the kingdom amongst his people, and the implications would be worldwide. It wouldn't just be Israel. And then comes Jesus. And the first words that are recorded of Jesus' teaching in Mark chapter 1 and verse 14 is, the time has arrived. The kingdom of God is just here. At hand. And that meant at hand. It meant you could grasp it. You could get hold of it. And it's very clear throughout Jesus' teaching that the idea of the coming at last of the kingdom and his coming were intimately connected. So eventually people began to realize, those who were close to him, that, well, was this the king? Was this the king? And Jesus answers that question on Palm Sunday when he fulfills Zechariah's prophecy, Hark, O Israel, your king, your king shall come, humble and lowly, riding on a donkey. The donkey being the animal of peace as opposed to the horse, which is the animal of war. And so Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, inviting 
the response of his people. And they reject him. So the, the whole idea of the kingdom of God was an expectation always. And when you read your Gospels and listen to Jesus, be aware that he wasn't speaking into a vacuum. The Romans had come, the Jews were under Roman rule, and the expectation of the kingdom was vital. It was real. And so he's teaching about the kingdom, and he taught more about the kingdom than anything else. In fact, it can be said that the kingdom of God was the substance of Jesus' teaching. And all the other things that he talked about, you fit into this kingdom. They're all actually about the kingdom. And he offers himself as the king. And in that teaching, he talks about the kingdom in parables. Now, now Glenn spoke, I think it was last Sunday, was it? About, about parables. We spent a lot of time saying, well, what, what did he mean? What, what does this parable mean? And it's very seldom that Jesus actually tells us what his parables mean. There are two or three occasions, and it's always to a closed audience, his, his apostles. What Jesus is doing, which you remember Glenn said, is to throw out a picture and to trust that the Holy Spirit will lead you to think about that, think about the story, and say, well, what, what is God saying to me? And it will sometimes mean different things to different people. And we live in an argumentative age. You know? This is clearly what it means. And somebody says, well, I hear it differently. Well, you're wrong. This is what it means. Um, you've probably been in arguments like that yourself about the parables. God, the Holy Spirit, will tell you what the parable means. If you give him time, if you look at it, and study it. Now, it's the mustard seed we're looking at today. And the mustard seed parable appears three times in the Gospels. Once in Matthew, once in Mark, and once in Luke. And on each occasion, it's different. So let's, let's have a look at this. Um, Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. You're throwing that up, are you? Thank you. Jesus said, how, to, how shall we liken the kingdom of God? What parable should we use to show it? All of them begin like that. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all begin with the question. So there, there is no doubt at all what he's talking about. He's talking about the kingdom. He's saying, hey guys, what do you think it looks like? What do you think it looks like? Come on. And somebody said to you, somebody with no faith at all, what do you think the kingdom of God looks like? I wonder what you'd say. But it always begins with that. They all end the same way too. 
a tree with birds coming to make their nests in it. Something which impacts other people. That's what the birds are. Incidentally, birds was, a, was used in some Jewish circles as a, a term of opprobrium to, to, to describe you and me, the goyim, those who were not Jews. Fabulously light and flighty like birds. But here's a tree and the birds come to it. So what's the kingdom of God like? Here's this tree drawing people to it. Eyes open, eyes wide. Oh, how he loves me. Through the cross. But in between the question and the answer, there are differences. Listen to, to Mark. This Mark we've got up there, thank you. Um, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown upon the earth, though it is less than all the seeds on the earth, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the shrubs and puts out great branches so that the birds of the heaven can lodge under its shadow. Now listen to Matthew. Another parable he said to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took. You notice in Mark there was no man. In Mark it was just the grain of mustard seed. That's what the kingdom's like. Come back to that. A man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is less than all the seeds, but when it is grown, it's greater than the shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the heaven come and lodge in its branches. There's a difference. When you look at Mark, sorry, you're going to be switching backwards and forwards, I'm afraid. Yes. When you... Uh, when you look at Mark, there's a process going on. It's like a grain of mustard seed, and there's no man, which when it is sown into the earth, does, does that recall anything to you? You remember when he said to us, a seed by itself, is a dead thing. Unless it falls into the earth, then it brings much fruit. The seed has to die. The seed has to become invisible. It's in the earth. In fact, the earth or the soil, he mentioned Mark, uh, Jesus mentions twice in Mark's thing. The seed is underneath the soil. You cannot actually see anything. It's still invisible. It's, it's, it's not there. But something is happening. You don't know what. You'll walk over it. You don't even uh, aware of, it, of, its, of its existence. But God is at work. The seed is sown in the earth. 
Though it's less than the seeds that are on the earth, yet when it, when it is sown, it grows up. The first thing you know is that the, the earth has been moved a bit and there's a bit of greenery pushing up. Gardeners, you, you're aware of this. Ah, it's, it's, it's growing. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a big thing, is it? It's not an earthquake. It's not a tsunami. It's a tiny little green thing pushing up a bit of earth. But it's something. There's a change taking place. Yesterday it wasn't there. Today it's there. And it, it grows up and becomes. It becomes greater than all the other shrubs. And then it becomes something that puts out branches. And all the birds of the air come into it. There's a process going on in your life. There's a process going on in liberty. There's a process going on in amongst God's people in this broken world. There's a kingdom being established. In places you can't see it. In other places we just can. And in other places, it's growing branches. And birds are getting interested. The kingdom of God is a, a process, sometimes invisible, sometimes just visible. It's a process that's going on. Please remember, this is what I'm seeing in this. As you look at it, you may see something different. That's the nature of the parable. What is the Spirit saying to you? Now you look at that uh, Matthew version. In the Matthew version, there is no process at all. It's not what it's about. The heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is less than all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than. Matthew hears Jesus talking about a comparison, not a process. Uh, there was a picture of a finger with a seed on it. and It's tiny, it's, it's minute, you can't see it. Look at the tree. Look at it. And it's collecting birds. Surely this has got nothing to do with that. Of course it does. That's the kingdom. The, the original thing is an issue of promise and of hope. I became aware of this when I was preparing this. I was thinking, I don't want to make this theology. It is theology, of course. But I don't want it. I want it to create vision. I want liberty to recognize that God hasn't finished with you yet. That there is 
the promise of a great tree. How do you get from here to there? Well, then perhaps you should study Mark a bit more closely. Something about dying, perhaps? Well, it, it's Matthew hears Jesus talking about promise, hope, fulfillment. And Jesus is saying, it will be so. The kingdom will go through difficult times. It will go through times of persecution. It will go through times of betrayal. It will go through times of pain. But it will go from here to there. And please, people of God, minister, witness, speak with that picture in mind. I'm not a static entity. I personally am going somewhere. And it must be where the Lord leads. And I'm part of a fellowship. Liberty, of which I am also a part, is going somewhere. Now, when we come to Luke, we come to something again very different. He said to them, to what is the kingdom of God like? And how shall I liken it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which a man, this is man again, a man took and cast into his own garden. What is your version? Yes? It's the word garden, you see, not field. It's an, it's an intimate word. He puts it in his garden and it grew and became a tree. And the birds of heaven came and lodged in its branches. I look out from my study onto a fence which is covered with greenery. It is just a lovely fence. I mean, it's a lovely view as I sit at my desk doing this. It's, it's all greenery, but Charmian felt it was just too green. So she went and planted a seed. It didn't matter, it was still all green. But then something had a red began to appear in the greenery. And it grew up. And it's one of these trees with red leaves. What's it? A prunus. Thank you. You all know what a prunus is. <laughs> 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 it, 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 it got red leaves and the whole view is different um, there's all this greenery and then there's this lovely and it's lovely it really is lovely it's transformed my image of the garden transformed that's Luke's message of the kingdom. The garden, which is something intimate, isn't just a field out there, out there. It's, it's a garden. And you put this seed in and it comes up and it, it changes things. It transforms me. It transforms liberty. It makes us different 
from what we were. That's what the kingdom is like. It makes us different from what we were. That relationship with the king, which is being established and strengthened more and more. That's what Luke heard when he heard somebody tell what Jesus had said about a mustard seed. It's a transformation, a process, a means of promise, hope, fulfillment. Transform. I'm not the same as I was. I, I'm looking into the face of the King and I'm being transformed from one degree of glory into another till I become like him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Look at it sometime. 2 Corinthians 3.18 and say, Lord, is that me? Yes, it is. Is that liberty? Yes, it is. The mustard seed. But mustard seed seems always to be looking to the future, doesn't it? We're looking for that tree. We're trying to get to that tree. Yes, certainly we are. But what about now? Jesus came and said, the time has arrived. What time? Well, right now, actually. Right now, while you all sit here in these seats, the time has arrived. The kingdom of God is right here. You see, the kingdom of God is, is not just the finished product. The kingdom of God is getting there. And that's where I hope you are. And if you, if anybody who feels that somehow they're not on this continuum, then please talk to somebody. Talk to one of the, the elders. Talk to one of the leaders. Talk to somebody to get onto that continuum of suddenly discovering that your life is significant. Your life amidst hundreds of millions of lives on earth. Your life is significant. You may be, you may see yourself as a complete nobody. Well, you are. In a hundred million, you are. But not to God. Because he's building a kingdom. And you are integral to that vision. In him, says Paul, in Jesus, all things hold together. He's building. The kingdom is a present thing. And it's within that kingdom that we pray, Lord, your kingdom come. I look back on my life and I realize it couldn't be seen once, but now there's just a little bit of green moving the top of the ground. And I know the promise of what is the ultimate. And so do you. And I want to speak now just for in closing about liberty. Where are we going in terms of the kingdom? Are we going to go on coming every Sunday morning 
fill Strand Scout Hall and singing choruses and listening to teaching, or are we going somewhere? Is, is the Spirit of God seeking to move us out into the establishment of new things, new branches growing up? I, <coughs> whichever way, what one of these you choose, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, the, the central theme underneath there is growth. Are we growing? How are we growing? What does God want of us in the future in our growth? If you look at the Acts of the Apostles, and if you read it and study it, look at the Acts of the Apostles, the growth, slow growth begins when people open their hearts to the risen Jesus and they begin to learn the Apostles' teachings. They meet with the Apostles' Fellowship. The New Testament has no talk of single, lonely, isolated Christians. My barber tells me that he doesn't need the church, he just needs to read his Bible. And I suggested that he should read it and he will discover he needs the church. <laughs> um, I'm being serious because... This is common. The church has got a bad name in some places. But you can't do without the fellowship of God's people. You can't. You're like a coal that's been taken out of the fire and left by itself to go grey and cold. The fellowship, the breaking of bread, which we're going to do this morning, we used to do that every Sunday in the, sorry, the refinery. The refinery. They, they all laugh at me because I always call it the infirmary. The refinery we, we did, and it, somehow we stopped that. But it's, it's important that we share in the breaking of bread, that we stand at the foot of the cross. We look at that love. And saying the blood that flowed from that is my salvation. Jesus, you're risen. Thank you for the victory. Well, we thanked him for the victory this morning. But let's live that way. The baking of the bread and the prayers. The prayers which are not just here, not just in the morning by your bedside. The prayers where you work. The prayers where you play. The prayers in your home. The prayers. And the kingdom of God is growing in the Acts of the Apostles. But there's another growth there too. And Luke, in writing the Acts of the Apostles, actually mentions numbers. People who numbers don't count, but for the Holy Spirit it would appear that they do. 5,000 were added to, to the church on that day. I look forward to the day when 5,000 people, more than they are present here, come in through that door. grew in numbers. They witnessed to the risen Jesus. They witnessed and people heard and listened. Even the Pharisees, some of the priests, we're told, joined the fellowship. It's the kingdom of God growing. And then another occasion in Acts, where the kingdom of God had grown in a Gentile city. 
And the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the ministry to which I've called them. And I'm asking you to send them out. Send them out to other places. But Lord, they're our two top teachers. That's right, send them out. And they go and they establish churches elsewhere. We call it church planting. What is the kingdom here? Is the kingdom wanting? Is the kingdom going to be the growth of liberty? Is it going to be more people? Is God's will that we become a mega church? Well, Lord, I don't want it to become a mega church, but I, you know. I love liberty as it is. And that's my fault. I like where I am, you see. It's nice and comfortable and warm and cold and everybody greets me. Hmm? But God's got a big, bigger picture than that. And I know that even if it were to change, there would still be the place of blessing if I'm walking in the way of obedience. Because he's the king. Or is he saying to liberty, Satari has no Christian congregation. Pringle Bay would be a place where there would Christians could gather together. Is he pushing us out into other places? As I think we need to pray about this. Otherwise, we aren't just going to sit here in our comfort forever and ever, amen. The kingdom is growth. The king is wanting to establish a process in you and in us. And it's a process that's looking and going to looking out. This is just what we are at the moment. That's his vision for us. And it's going to transform the place where we live and the place where we work it's going to transform a broken society from within. Is that dreaming? Or could that be a reality? I'm going to ask you again, as I've done once before, to break into groups of about six or seven. So not too small, but not too big either about six or seven to break into groups. And I'm going to ask you to say, what, what is your vision for, for, for liberty? Where, where can you see we, go, we are going? What do you think the Holy Spirit is saying to you and to the people around you and to liberty? What are the possibilities? Well, they're endless, but uh, what are they? I want you just to talk about that. I don't want to dictate what you say. But I want you to talk about that, the vision of the kingdom growing from a seed to a tree so that it attracts the birds of the air. And then at a given signal, which I hope Jono will give, we're going to all break bread together. I'm sorry if breaking bread involves opening these difficult little, <laughs> little things. I, I always get charming to do it because I can't. Um, but to make me and to have a sense of our oneness around the dying Jesus. And saying, but Lord, you're alive.
Please take us and use us to grow your people. Would you like to break into groups soon? Yeah.